Hello and welcome to Game Notes. I'm not Zach Harper. I'm Dave DeFore. Tony Jones still here, though. What's up, Tony? So do we need to tell people the news? Well, all right. I'm not filling in for Zach. I'm actually taking over. Yeah. Don't worry. If you didn't listen to season one, it's not too late. Go back and listen to all the old episodes so you don't you know, feel left out when we're recalling past episodes. That's the, the major thing to know here. You got to listen to every episode if you want to follow along. Can't jump in midstream. I'm just saying, like... All of our other interactions is like, you know, me and you are, are really close friends. So we're colleagues, but we're, we're close friends. Mm -hmm. But every other interaction of you that I've had has been in a bar somewhere around America. It's true. So I've like never had any professional interactions with you. So how is this going to go? You let me know. I mean, I think to make sure that we're both comfortable, we should probably be drinking when we record, right? Like just feels like the smart move apple juice yeah yeah of course i okay. mean what else all right yeah, out of a shot glass sure sure okay well, right. i don't know man i'm too old for shots as you know like as a man and getting up there once you hit almost 40 which i am almost 40 uh-huh shots are out of the question okay yeah i'm not doing shots okay that's for, that's for college man i just want to let the jazz fans know out there that me and dave are twins almost <laughs> So he has a beard and I don't. So there, there's the major difference. But we that's, are both. That's the big difference. We are both average size, uh, stocky, bald, and handsome men. Okay. Now, hang on a second. Because stocky. All right. Stocky is like a different type of description. Well, I mean, I lift. I, I prefer I'm stocky. Thick. I see. I lift. I, I'm, I prefer I'm not thick, thick and jacked. Well, thick and jacked. I mean, jacked can be, you know, but I'm a runner now. So I'm like, I might not true. be as stocky. As oh, I man. used to be. Well, I'm 60 pounds less stocky. Wait, since I saw you last? Yes. All right. Well, you got you to gotta get better angles on these photos. Then. Why? We need to be able to see the difference. Give me a before and after on your on your Instagram at some point. I'm going to text you. I'm going to post those on Twitter if you text no, me. No, I'm going to text you a photo. Of, I'm going to text you a photo right now from March 12th. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I saw you like March 7th. Yes, you saw me March 7th. So I'm going to text photo from March 12th, which is the day that the NBA shut down. Is this from your, uh, when you were holed up in the hotel or is this from the arena that night? This is from the Utah Jazz team plane. We are coming back from Oklahoma City. I love that you're like sending a photo and we're- No, nah, because I need, to, I need to show you exactly. I, listen, I trust you. That's insane. No, you, you don't really trust lost me. 60 pounds. No, of course yes. I do. You're not a liar. Tony. I mean, no, I'm not a liar. Exactly. Well done. That's awesome. I'm just saying. Dave, for some reason, I don't have your number on my phone. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I wish Tanika was still on here instead of just listening so we can make fun of you right now. All right, Tony, look, look let's, let's get down to business because basketball is back. We got preseason games in a week. This is crazy. I have no semblance of time right now. Honestly, like the time crunch of this offseason is unprecedented obviously and i am at the point still where i have to have up team rosters to even remember who is where now one of the things that has made this show a little bit easier for me to jump on utah has got a lot of continuity and they even brought back Derek favors right so basically everybody's back yeah this is great i think the continuity factor is really big because with the shortened off season combined with the roster shrinking around the NBA because the roster shrank around the NBA. Teams are leaving their 15th spot open on purpose because they know they can use their two-way guys for most of the season. Combined with all of the roster turnover, I think that the teams that have real continuity are the teams that are going to have a chance to come out and at least at the start play really well. 
So what do you expect Derek Favors role to be on this team? I mean, we expect him to play some backup five. Is he going to start? I don't no. see him going that way, right? No, he's going to very likely come off the bench, play 20 minutes a night, play a little bit of four. Now, what I do expect is once we get to the playoffs and as matchups dictate, I expect him to play more in the playoffs. Part of the appeal for Derek coming back was, OK, I don't have the greatest back in the world. I don't have the greatest knees in the world. If I continue to play 30 minutes a night, then guess what? My career, you know, I'm not going to be an effective player after the age of like 32 or 33. And he's 29 years old. Uh, conversely, if he plays 15, 20 minutes a night during the regular season, plus it's a truncated, condensed regular season is more of a sprint to 72 games than a jog. You know, he can extend his career and be an effective player into his mid-30s. And I think that that's something that he realizes. One of Derek's real strengths is he has a real sense of self-awareness. You know, coming back, playing some really important minutes in the regular season because those 20 minutes a night are going to be really important for him and for the Jazz. And then, you know, ramping it up for the playoffs you know, like, let's say the Jazz get into a playoff series with the Los Angeles Lakers. I could see him starting at the four. Right. Playing big on big with Rudy Gobert and playing 30 minutes a night pretty easily throughout that series. You know, so. Well, it's a wrinkle they didn't have right. without him. And that's the reason why Derek Favors was the number one player on Utah's board uh, going into free agency. They had other starters starter type talent in mind that they had lined up but you know those guys were one position guys you know Derek was the only guy on their board on Utah's board that you know could play the five and you know pretty much equally as well stretch out and play the four especially defensively and the Jazz didn't have that size last year they didn't have that versatility last year it showed up pretty significantly uh in the playoffs against denver nuggets i think the jazz had real issues with the nugget size and physicality and athleticism you know from utah's perspective their hope is okay you know two years ago we went and acquired a lot of skill for our roster we acquired mike conley we acquired Bojan bogdanovich we probably went too far one way and we sacrificed a lot of the toughness now i don't even know if that's fair though because we didn't get to see them in the playoffs healthy with Boyan. That part is true. Right. But they did so, lose a lot of toughness. Absolutely. And certainly Favors' defense was missed big time. Like Rudy did his best to get them where they were. But the reason they weren't the defensive monster that they had been is because they didn't have Favors. But I think that in retrospect, if you look at that series against Denver, which is really a pivot point for both teams where we start thinking about Denver as being a little bit more real and we think about Utah as, you know, they blew a 3-1 lead. I don't think they blow that if they've got Boyan or Derek Favors, to be honest with you. I think they don't blow that if they've got Boyan, but what if Denver also has Will Barton? All right, but that doesn't work for the hypothetical that I'm arguing here. Why, why are you trying okay. to catch me? In? Okay, why are you trying to I'm catch just me in asking this, Tony? That, you know, so, you know, it's a series. Utah podcast. Right? I mean, we're not homers, though. No, I know. I'm just teasing. I think that w the reasons that they blew those games are covered if you have Boyan, right. in particular, if you have Derek Favors. And this is why I've kind of changed my opinion a little bit on Utah coming in this year. And part of it is also Denver losing Jeremy Grant. Like, these two teams have kind of married each other to a certain degree over the last few years. I will say this, and this is my ceiling and my floor for the Jazz. And I find my ceiling and floor, I find it hilarious because I, I see a lot of people, you know, that pick the Jazz 
that are picking the Jazz eighth and even ninth or yeah, seventh that's or whatever. I think they could finish as high as second in the Western Conference. I think they have a chance to be that good. And I think they could finish as low as six. Now, if I went for, okay, this is our median. This is a consensus. I would say that the Los Angeles Lakers are significantly ahead of the Western Conference and the rest of the NBA. I would probably put the Los Angeles Clippers in that second tier. So I will probably favor them to finish second. And then I would go Utah, Dallas, Denver, Portland. All four of those teams, you can put them in a hat and they can come out any order. Three through six or seven have been so close the last few years. Right. Then I put Golden State in that seventh spot. And then I put the combination of Phoenix and combination of Phoenix and Houston and probably, you know, maybe the New Orleans Pelicans in that eight, nine, ten spot. The thing about it is I don't think that there's much of a difference between the Los Angeles Clippers and that third tier. Like, I would almost put them in a five-team tier, you know, because I don't think the Clippers have fixed their on-court issues that led them to lose to the Nuggets. Obviously, this is another hypothetical, but my gut tells me if there is no hiatus and we just have a normal season, that they make the conference finals. The Clippers? Yeah, because they have time to develop the chemistry that they didn't up to that point in the regular season. I mean, Paul George was out, obviously the whole Kawhi thing in and out of the lineup. And no matter what the locker room chemistry is, you can develop on-court chemistry with guys you don't like. We've seen it all the time. That's, you can be annoyed, right? You could be annoyed that Kawhi takes over, you know, the presidential suite to stretch and still go out there and win games. We've seen it. I mean, Toronto, I don't think any of those guys were necessarily pumped about the special treatment that Kawhi was getting there. And they won a title. And now, certainly, they've got better culture there. But it just is doable. And I wonder if those guys had gotten more time healthy together without the disruption. And remember, even in the bubble, Lou Williams missed a lot of time. Trez missed a lot of time and didn't really ever look in shape. They had issues that were beyond just nobody likes each other. Right. Like They had legitimate basketball concerns. And so I think that we're all looking at what happened in the bubble and maybe taken away too much from that. I mean, I've been guilty of it too. I think Phoenix is part of that, looking at those guys and saying, oh yeah, man, they're, they're going to make the playoffs. We don't know yet, obviously. Getting Chris Paul's big. I think they had a really good offseason, but like, we got to pump the brakes on a lot of stuff. I think we know more about Utah than any of the teams except for the Lakers because so much of this team is exactly the same, and they added a guy who... <laughs> was very successful for them and a big part of their previous success. They had two huge weaknesses last year. Number one was whatever defense they could put together in the non-Rudy Gobert minutes. So they fixed that. You know, Derek Favors, you're, you're basically putting a high-level starter in a backup role, you know, and he's willingly accepted in that role. So that that's going to be really big for the Jazz, especially in non-Rudy minutes. And I expect there to be 10 to 20 games this season where one of Rudy Gobert or Derek Favors do not play just because of so much that's going on. The other major weakness was, you know, their lack of defense on the perimeter. Now, some of that is mitigated with Derek Favors protecting the rim, uh, especially with the second unit. But they definitely need a guy to step up and help Royce O'Neal as, as a perimeter stopper. You know, the Jazz are hoping that given a chance, uh, Mia Ioni can help. He's the second year shooting guard out of Yale. 
you know, and he's going to be given minutes situationally. It's not like he's going to be a major part of the rotation, right. at least up front. But it's going to be interesting to see how they how they deal with that as well. You know, you don't want to pick on Tony Bradley, but I mean, it was a highway to the basket whenever he was in the game. Huge downgrade going from Rudy Gobert, who's the best defensive center in basketball, to Tony Bradley, who, you know, I don't even know what team he's on now. Is it is he Detroit or, or is no, it he's in Philly? He's there it third, is. So third exactly. center in Philly. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like it's not a hot take to say that, but you're right. It's a huge upgrade. Another upgrade, full season of Jordan Clarkson. They brought him back. That's a great move for them. It allowed them to keep their offense pretty similar when Donovan Mitchell leaves the court. Yes, because Jordan can score and score a lot and then score even more. <laughs> that is the one thing he can do. Right, you're not worried that is about the one that. thing. Like, he's, listen, you put Jordan on the floor, be like, listen, Jordan, you're gonna go in, coach. What you want me to do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what you mean? What you want me to do? Well, just you're not go gonna have to you, ask him to shoot. Do, right? What do you mean? What I want? To do? Just go do your job. You know what your job is. Go do it. Uh, the, and then they, Jordan they, just, you know, he, then he just takes 10, 10 shots in five minutes. They made another big signing by giving Donovan Mitchell his max rookie extension. How big is that? Because I, I know that, listen, nobody is uh, is signing a qualifying offer and trying to get to free agency, right? Everyone wants to lock in the big money. That's why the CBA is set up the way it is. But it still has to feel like a relief that they made it through that first contract and he wasn't like, I don't want to be here. So what did you think of the... The option? Yeah, what did you think of the option? I, I think that people are just... I don't know. They go overboard. Listen, man, you got to play the game. And sometimes that means when you've got a player of Donovan's caliber, okay, yeah, man, you earned a player option because you've got leverage. You're, you're really good. So we want to make you happy. I actually think the option is good for the Jazz, to be honest. And I'm going to tell you Oh, why. in case it doesn't work out. No, I mean, well, it's going to work out. I mean, I, I think, think Donovan, so too. I think Donovan's going to be a superstar in this league. But I think that it works out for the Jazz because, I mean, it's, listen, they know they've got four years to build a championship team to, to make that leap. And, you know, I was talking to somebody in the front office the other day, and, you know, they basically said, yeah, we've gone from being a bad franchise, I mean, or being, you know, a mediocre team to being a really good team. Our biggest challenge is going from being good to being great. You know, the Jazz know that they have four years. They have this year, and then they have the first three years of Donovan's contract before they Do they? To... Yeah. Because Are you sure? It's five hold deal. on. No, no, no. They've five got the Donovan deal. part of that, but Rudy Gobert hasn't signed an extension. You don't think they're worried about him potentially saying, I want to see what free agency looks like for me? I mean, there's a potential. That he can say that. Part one is certainly signing. It Donovan. is December third. We have eighteen <laughs> days to go before we have to worry about that. I know that the two sides are actively talking, treating this team like like a like a large market team. That's what I'm doing. Are you really? Sure. Why not? But we're a small market team. I know they they need to re-sign Rudy. They need Rudy to to go ahead and sign an extension. I think to feel comfortable. If he goes to free agency, that's not great for them. Would you trade him if he went to free agency? If he didn't sign the extension, I, I think you at least have to explore it. But your team gets so much worse. That's the issue. They, that's why they need they need to extend him. They're not going to trade Rudy Gobert. But you cannot lose him for nothing. Even if he doesn't sign the extension, they're not going to trade him. They think very highly of this team. And Rudy is very good. He is a top five defense by himself, and that's okay, why I'm where, saying where you can cannot. Rudy where can Rudy Gobert find a better 
basketball situation. How about Dallas? Is that a better basketball situation? Uh, I think so. You got I'm an talking, MVP candidate. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about going to a whatever roster it is. I'm talking about a better basketball situation. In Utah, the Jazz have catered their entire system to Gobert. Are you telling me Luka Doncic, Rudy Gobert pick and rolls wouldn't make Rudy look pretty good? I'm telling you that Kristaps Porzingis is probably not a four in this league. I mean, I think defensively he certainly is. Now we're doing a Dallas show, but I think what you allow him to do is become that backline help, right? He gets to come in and that's where he actually can protect the rim. He's got pretty active hands. Pairing Rudy and Kristaps would solve a lot of problems for Dallas. Now I'm not again, I don't, I don't I'm just throwing this out there. I think that you have to worry that Rudy will start thinking the grass might be greener somewhere else if he gets to free agency. Not that Utah isn't a great situation. I mean, they literally could be the two seed this year. I think a conference finals run is not out of the question because I think that the non-Lakers conference final spot is fairly wide open. I, I still favor the Clippers, but you know, as we saw two months ago in the bubble, it's going to be a little bit more wide open and weird, especially if there's another playoff bubble. You know, I'm extrapolating out, just thinking if we don't get the full vaccine deployment and, and maybe it's not safe to have fans and some weird stuff could happen. It's a little bit more wide open in the West for that non-Lakers spot. And I think Utah has as good a shot as anybody to get there, which is why I think they cannot lose Rudy Gobert because then you're trying to figure it out next summer. Who are you bringing in if he leaves? Well, I think that's like step 668. Well, no, no. I mean, step one is certainly getting the, the max extension for Donovan Mitchell. But step two has to be Rudy Gobert. No, step two has to be Rudy Gobert. And I think that basically, you know, the Jazz are trying to take care of that. I mean, you know, like I said, they have until December 21st to to strike a deal. You know, I think the Jazz do not want to give Rudy 35% of the cap, which would be the Supermax contract. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they want to give him a lot of money. I think the Jazz want to give Rudy Gobert $200 million or somewhere in that. That's not a hard figure. I think they want to give them somewhere in the arena of $200 million without giving up 35% of the cap. Because if you give Rudy Gobert 35% of the cap, it just makes it so much more difficult to build around Donovan and Rudy. And I think that that's the tightrope uh, that the Jazz front office has to balance. If the Utah Jazz would like to give me $200 million, that's do four D-U-F-O-U-R. <laughs> For the check, just, you know, just mail it, give it to Tony. He'll give it to me next time he sees me. Sure, I will. For everybody listening, Tony just wrote a great piece about the negotiations with Rudy Gobert and why it's so important that the Jazz get this done. I mean, and it's not the end of the world. They don't. And, and I don't want to sound like a fear monger, but this team is poised to compete. And I, I think that, you know, locking that guy up is going to make everyone feel a lot less anxious as we go into the regular season. Now you don't have to answer questions, right? right. There is no, right. exactly. are you going to stay? And I think for a team like this that already dealt with so much distraction last year, it would be nice to not have that. Well, they don't want to go noise. through another Gordon Hayward. Exactly. You know, that was a nightmare season. That was a nightmare season to cover because it was like every day, like, oh, the Jazz won by 50. Great. Is Gordon coming back? Oh, the Jazz are a 50-win team. They got out of the first round of the playoffs. Great, but how are things going with Gordon? I digress. Again, but that's my point. I think that this team, it would be great for them to be able to avoid that, obviously. Like, obviously yes. saying something very obvious here, <laughs> that they need to keep their best player. Yes. Is Rudy still their best player? That's debatable. I, I mean, I, I do think that just that defense is so special. But Donovan, the defense was 13th in the league last year. I understand. But what would it have been if they didn't have Rudy? If you had a league average center, it might have been 25th. This is where 
the discrepancy is, and this is where I think the Jazz can win a lot of games. The Jazz defense was fifth in the league overall with Rudy Gobert was on the floor. When they were off the floor, they were 29th overall in the league when Rudy Gobert was off the floor. So if the Jazz can go from 13th to somewhere in the top seven or eight, combined with their offense, which I think is top five in the league. Do you think it's top five in the league? Mm, the offense? Yes. Mm. Somewhere in there. It's top 10. Top 10, okay. Top 10, so which is close, right? If they have a top 10 offense plus a top 10 defense, they're going to win a lot of games. Absolutely. I think they're going to win a lot of games anyway. But the big question mark to me is the Rudy Gobert thing. Go check out Tony's piece. It's very good. Tony, are we back next week? I, I'm not sure how the schedule no, works here. We are back are weekly, you my, brother. Are you bi-weekly? No, is that it's how not bi-weekly. No, this is weekly. We do this weekly. Every week. Don't come on my podcast and start messing it up, Mr. Host. Hey, Tony, every podcast I'm on becomes mine. <laughs> You got to know that by now. Although I will say that I'll allow this to be Tanika's podcast since yeah. she's pulling the strings. Absolutely. But it's mine before it's yours now, Tony. I'm sorry. Okay. So just <laughs> let it be yours next week. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be back next week. Me and Tony with more game notes. 